Good morning, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ. Good morning. It's so good to be back again at this uh, 7.30 traditional service and also on Lady Sunday. Now, we are now in the final three months of the year. Yes, three quarters of the year has just passed by. Now, it has been a memorable year for me thus far. In April, I became a grandfather for the first time. Can I have a show of hands? How many uh, grandparents here? Just raise your hand. Wow, quite a number. I'm in good company. Thank you. And also in June, uh, my wife Wendy was seated there and I celebrated our 35th wedding anniversary. Now, without a doubt, this will be my most blessed year. All thanks be to God. The Lord has rekindled my marriage and also blessed me with a joyful family, two sons, two daughters-in-law, and now a grandson. Now, the theme given by track for Lady Sunday is going deeper with God. Can I have the slides, please? You. Now, as the church team for 2023 is discipleship in a family, I'll be sharing from the perspective of a family, both biological and spiritual. The scripture passage that I've chosen is Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. So, can I have the slides, please? Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks, thanks be to God. God. Let's pray. Yes, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this privilege to speak on this Lady Sunday at this 7.30 traditional service once again. Speak to me, Lord, and grant me the words and clarity of thought to share a message with everyone here this morning on how we may go deeper with you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, when you are senior like me, in this fast, uh, super-aging society, your family is what you will look back to. Now, at this point of my life, I'm close to 70. Yes, I'm almost 70 now. Besides God, my family is most precious to me. Can you have the next slide? Can you keep the slides on, please, uh, Avi? Thank you. Okay, I can see my family up there. Uh, they are the most precious to me, not what I have achieved in life, certainly not how successful I was in the workplace. That's history now. And this is my grandson, uh, Michael, at 100 days old, just about a few weeks ago. Now, last year on Lady Sunday, at this 7.30 traditional service, I shared from this pulpit how God turned me for my worldly sinful ways in 2011, and saved my marriage. Slowly and surely, God began to transform me from the inside out. Although I was baptized in this lovely uh, century, 1988, for a good 20 years or so, I was at best a passive Christian. I used to make all the decisions for myself and my family. I tried to be self-reliant and self-sufficient. But as a father, however, I struggled to cope with the growing up issues of my two sons. 
Now, it was not until 2011 that I began to surrender more and more to God, besides my marriage, to let go and let God. Now, I'll be sharing my own discipleship journey, through which I hope to highlight four ways in which we can go closer with God. Now, if you heard my stories before, I do seek your indulgence because I love uh, sharing the goodness of God in my family whenever I'm given the opportunity. Okay, going deeper with God, the first way is to submit your ways to God. Now, while I was doing Disciple 1 in 2011, Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 spoke to me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. Now, in a way, my discipleship journey really started only in 2011. That was when I started going deeper with God. By trusting God and submitting or surrendering my marriage and my two sons to God. Now, in June, I co-led a missions team to uh, Radion Hope Center in Chiang Mai. Now, this was the first time that I have had the privilege to lead a missions team. Thanks be to God that it went better than what I had ambitious. We conducted a Sunday worship service where Pastor Ray preached on the theme of strength. And the missions team sang a Thai song in Thai. The song is Bruni, which means tomorrow. I thank God that the children and staff there understood what we were singing because we were singing in Thai. But the, the lyrics were beautiful. It says, Tomorrow, no matter how good or bad it is, I will not be afraid. But trust in my Lord Jesus. I hope the words uh, spoke to the children there. But it was a very heartwarming trip. For, for me, the, the trip was also uh, it's more than just a heartwarming trip, but it was a closure of sorts for me. Because back in 2014, if someone were to tell me to lead a mission team to Radion in Chiang Mai, I'll probably say, you must be joking. You see, back in 2014, my eldest son, Daryl, had just graduated from SMU and was destined for a banking career. Until he came back one day and told me, Dad, I'm turning down the banking job. I want to be a missionary at Radion in Northern Thailand instead. I was very upset, of course. I told him that I didn't send him to SMU to be a missionary. Words that I said, but which I regretted saying now. But God has his, had his ways. Now, I was facilitating Disciple 1 then, and the topic was on the Great Commission. I felt like a hypocrite, telling the participants to go and share the gospel, but not allowing my son to do so. So in June 2014, during a holiday break in the Disciple Program, my wife and I traveled to Cape Noi in Northern Thailand to check out what Radion, to check out Radion and also the place it operates in. Now to cut the long story short, at the end of this racket trip, I gave Daryl the blessing to work in the radio mission field, mainly because I could see God's transformative works in him. Now giving Daryl the blessing was a turning point in my father-son relationship with Daryl. But even then, I was hesitant to share about his work whenever others in the corporate world 
share what prestigious jobs their children were working in. That changed in 2018 when Daryl was featured in a Mediacorp TV documentary you can see on the screen there, on the red dot. Now overnight, he became somewhat of a celebrity. He was invited by his former school, uh, ACS Independent, and several churches to share his testimony. And in church, when I introduced myself as Elvin Tay, several would scream, Oh, you are Daryl's father. Whom I asked God, God, you changed my name to Daryl's father. But the message from God was very clear. God was telling me, Elvin, don't you ever look down on my missionaries. I won't dare now. I was given the privilege to, uh, to be the lay leader rep for missions come in the past one, one year, and I got to know many missionaries in the field. I must say I now have the utmost respect for all of them for their sacrificious service. Now today, Daryl is serving full-time in church as a pastoral team member for our between ministry, while his wife, that's my daughter-in-law, Gina, serves as a Christian ministry staff member at St. Francis Methodist Church. She was also a former uh, missionary. So all glory to God. Now as for my younger son, Keith, he was born with a rather complicated hole in the heart. The stress for me as a father was to decide on the health options for him. In 2011, after he had completed his IB exams, he was scheduled for a second surgery to replace a leaky heart valve. But as the track record of a pulmonary valve replacements then had not been very promising, the doctor said perhaps we could delay the surgery and monitor the situation. That was fine, except that Keith wanted to do veterinary science, and that was not available in Singapore. He had to go overseas to do that. And he chose Sydney, and the course was for five years. Now, naturally, the doctor wasn't happy when I told him that we would delay the surgery and also let Keith go to Sydney for five years. The doctor took pain to highlight the risk I was taking. Now, it was not easy letting Keith go to Sydney on his own. Each time my wife, uh, Wendy, received a phone call from him in Sydney, a heart jump, asking, is there something wrong with Keith? She wonder. Worse, once we had a missed call from Keith on her mobile, we panicked. We turned his call, only to find that Keith just wanted to wish her happy Mother's Day. Poor boy, he got a scolding for worrying his mother. Now it was then that the image of a CCTV uh, came to me. The message to me, unless I am a CCTV, there's no way I can monitor my son's movements in Sydney. But our God is much more than a CCTV. Our God is all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-present. He is in control of everything. So let go. Let God take care of him. I did. My wife and I committed Keith and also Daryl to unceasing prayer. I think the only thing we, we did right as parents then was to devote ourselves to the spiritual disciplines of scripture reading and prayer. 
Now, during those five years, Waki was studying in Sydney. I worry that he will not be able to complete his veterinary science course because his heart condition was worsening. But he did complete the course and also obtain his degree. I worry that he will never be able to find a wife because of his heart condition. But he did find a wife, a good wife, one who loves the Lord. I thought he would not be able to find a job. But he did find a job even before he graduated. God turned my secular understanding upside down. Now, Keith graduated in December 2016, underwent his second heart surgery in 20, in, two months later in January 2017, and got married in December 2017. So two and one did very experiences all within a year. Today, he and his wife, Charlotte, are serving as youth leaders in a church in Sydney. Now, many friends congratulated me for being a good father in raising two good sons. I told them, yes, Darren and Keith have a good father, but not this earthly father. It's our heavenly father. So Proverbs 3, verses 5 to 6 came back to me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Which brings us to our scripture for today, Jeremiah 29, verse 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Submit your ways to God and he will make your paths straight. So, going deeper with God, to set aside solitude time with God. Now, last month, my wife and I attended the church, strangely warm, retreat at Changi Cove as facilitators. The theme was drawing near to God. Now, at the retreat, we learned about personal solitude with God. Dallas Willard, an American philosopher known for his writings of Christian spiritual formation, called silence and solitude the two most radical disciplines of the Christian life. He said, Solitude is a practice of being absent from people and things and attend to God, whereas silence is a practice of quieting every inner and outer voice to attend to God. Now, have you ever wondered why listen and silence are formed from the same six alphabets? Just take a look at the screen. They are formed exactly from the same six letters. Because to listen well, you need to be silent. To listen to God well, you need to be silent before God. When God speaks, we listen. And more importantly, we obey. Now, in the first 10 to 20 years of my Christian journey, I used to wonder, I used to ask God, God, where are you? Now, looking back now, I could sense God responding to that. God saying, I'm always here for you. But where were you? I was busy trying to climb the corporate ladder, to provide a better future for my family. I wasn't listening. 
which brings me to the third way to go deeper with God. And that's surround yourselves with spiritual family members. Now, be, besides spending solid time with God, Wendy and I now also try to surround ourselves with spiritual family members. Now, I remember when my youngest son, uh, he was uh, due for his first heart surgery in 1994, Wendy and I were worried. So we decided to seek prayer in church. We attended the prayer service at Wesley. At the time, we were still uh, newbies then. So we didn't know anybody, anyone there, except the pastors, of course. And everyone there, including the pastors, did not know me or my wife. We went, went to the service lonely, and we came home feeling just as lonely. It was our fault, because we didn't spend time nurturing our spiritual family. By that, I mean our brothers and sisters in Christ at Wesley. Yes, Jesus said in Mark chapter 3, verse 35, Whoever does God's will is my brother and sister and mother. So you are my brothers and sisters in Christ. So for, from 2014 to 2016, when both my sons were overseas, and both Wendy and I were left with an emptiness at home, we took the opportunity to build our spiritual family in church. We attended Bible study classes and served in various ministries. Wendy was also in the choir for Austin, while serving DNN and later communications. We made many spiritual friends through our ministry and service in church. Now, when Keith had his second surgery in 2017, both Wendy and I, we brought a book to read in hospital while waiting for the surgery to be completed. We were told it would be a 10-hour surgery, so we thought we better keep ourselves occupied like in the first uh, surgery. Now, that turned out to be unnecessary. We didn't get to read the book at all because we had brothers and sisters in Christ from church coming to the hospital to pray for him and also to keep us company. We now have spiritual friend, brothers and sisters in church who will journey with us, and also to keep us accountable to God. Which brings me to the last point, on the last way to go deeper with God. That's to serve, our, our, serve the Lord our God. Now I have shared before how I became <coughs> joyfully retired. So I won't go into, into details. But suffice to say, in 2018, a few church leaders and I went for a silent retreat at the Seven Fountains in Chiang Mai. And there, the Lord impressed upon my heart to retire from the corporate world. And when I returned to Singapore, I submitted my resignation letter. And so here I am, joyfully retired for God's purposes. Retired spelled with Y rather than I, with a set of four new tires joyfully serving the Lord for five years now and feeling his presence as he walked through me and strengthened me for his purposes. So now let me recap the four ways to grow deeper with God. One, submit your ways to God. Set aside solitude time with God. Surround yourselves with spiritual family members and serve the Lord our God. Now in a way, 
my discipleship journey reflects the five faith environments of the Wesley Discipleship Model, or CORDS course, where we may encounter God and go deeper with Him. So called C for circumstances, O for obedience, R for relationships, D for disciplines, and S for services. So I submitted my ways or my circumstances to God and also spent solitude time with God and surround myself with spiritual family members and also I served the Lord of God. Which brings us back to Jeremiah 29, 13. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now today is the Lady Sunday where we appreciate the work of our lay volunteers, or I call uh, co-laborers in Christ. And as uh, Pastor Jinnah mentioned earlier, we're also organizing a ministry fair at the Russell Rooftop today, where we hope to raise even more volunteers or co-workers to serve the Lord in church and beyond. So after the service, please make your way to the Plaza Rooftop, where staff and volunteers from 12 ministries, including our worship and music, are eagerly waiting to share with you the various volunteer opportunities. Now allow me to share my own journey as a servant of God and a volunteer in church. And through the, my journey, I will highlight three discipleship lessons on sacrificial service. Now I may be the LCC chairperson today. I started serving in church in 2011 in a very small way by organizing a reunion dinner with two others for graduates of the Disciple Bible Study Program that year. Very straightforward. Just four tables at YWCA. I walked into the PTM office at the end of the course and offered to organize a graduation dinner. I was told that my Disciple 1 class was the only Disciple class that year. But undaunted, I said, never mind, we'll organize a reunion dinner for all graduates instead, all graduates present and past. But we faced two problems. First, no budget was set aside for this purpose, so we had to charge $25 per person. Two, there was no database of all past graduates, so we had to invite through words of mouth. Nevertheless, we decided to go sit. A church leader asked to pray for me. I think he was quite worried for me. So he said, can I pray for you? I said, yeah, sure. So I gave him three uh, prayer requests. One is for 40 guests to turn out so that I don't lose money. Two, for God to grow the disciple at Wesley. And three, for God to send a pastor passionate in disciple. Now the 40 of guests signed out just before the event. And from one disciple class in 2011, we grew to four classes in 2012. And this year, 2023, we have 12 disciple classes with 150, 150 graduating. In fact, Wesley is now the most vibrant church in disciple. And guess what? At the dinner itself, I met Reverend Fred Tan and his uh, wife, Jasmine. He had just been posted to Wesley, but I wasn't aware then. 
I was excited when he told me during dinner that he and Jasmine had facilitated disciple for 10 consecutive years and he was assigned the DAN portfolio at Wesley. I said, wow, God, you answered all my prayers. And needless to say, my faith just shot up. Now then, in 2013, Reverend Fred Tan asked me to be the chairperson of the newly formed disciple committee. Not that I was the most qualified. I was only in my third year at disciple, and there were many veteran facilitators ahead of me. But they were already involved in many in other church ministries. And I was not serving anywhere. So I can't say no. So I decided to say, take up to accept the appointment. But over time, I became the comms chair, then companions in Christ chair, Bible reading drive chair, and finally LCC chair from September last year. Which brings me to my first discipleship lesson. Start small and let God grow it big. Start serving in any, any role, even small ones, and let God grow you for his purposes. Now, as a former newspaper editor, my talent actually is in communication. I mean, last, last week, Pastor Ray talked about talent and gifts. So my talent is in communication. But God first deployed me and nurtured me in the area of discipleship. It was a spiritual gift given by God and one I didn't even know I had at the time. That's why I say that each and every one of us has a gift from God. we just gone to a Corinthian Bible study, a sermon series. Uh, remember, each and every one of us has a gift from God and we are to use it for the common good, to minister to the least, the last and the lost. And no gift is too small. Even if it's just our five loaves and two fishes, God can still use it to bless thousands. Now looking back, I did plant the seeds by organizing a small disciple renamed dinner. But someone else, in fact a few more, a few others watered it. But God grew it to become an annual disciple graduation ceremony. Can we have the next slide? So start small and let God grow it big. As I talked about it last year, it's not about our ability. It is about our availability. Let me now move on to, my, to the second discipleship lesson. Now last month, I completed my first year as LCC chairperson. Now that was truly by God's grace. The LCC chairmanship was a calling from God that I wasn't really comfortable with. And I struggled with that in the run-up from March 2022 when I was first told the nomination. And even after I had accepted the nomination in May 2022, I felt LCC chair was really beyond my comfort zone. And as age is not really on my side. So in praying about this new calling to be LCC chairperson, and what the Lord would like me to do, I received triple affirmation that God does not want us to go back to the pre-COVID days, but to look ahead to life in the post-pandemic. On Lady Sunday at the Cathay service in 2021, with COVID still in full blown, I spoke on the scripture passage, which is uh, Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. 
it reads, Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Also in 2011, we did the book study on Ecclesiastes. And Ecclesiastes chapter 7 verse 10 spoke to me. Don't long for the good old days. This is not wise. To make it a triple affirmation, Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19 impressed upon my heart as I was praying and mourning over my nomination. Isaiah chapter 43 verses 18 and 19. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new things. Now it springs out. Do you not perceive it? The prompting from God seems clear to me. I sense that God does not want me or us, the church, to go back, to look back or go back to the pre-COVID days. Instead, God is preparing us for the new post-pandemic era. I became an LCG chair from September 2022. About five months later, on 13 February 2023, DOSCOM was downgraded from yellow to green, which is the lowest status. So we have finally emerged from a three-year COVID pandemic and moving into the endemic and learning to live with COVID. In fact, in our scripture passage for today, Jeremiah 25, uh, 29, 13, God was also preparing the Israelites for life in exile and also life after a 70-year exile in Babylon. And two verses earlier in verse 11, God declared, For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Which brings me to my second discipleship lesson, which is, don't look back. Partner God in doing something new. So what is church in the post-pandemic? What is God doing in our midst? Now the situation and needs in church are so different now. Nowadays we hear of uh, mental health issues and young ones leaving church. So my question is how do we keep them or bring them back? So reaching out to a young or young adults is a top priority for our church here. How do we help to nurture our young ones and anchor them in the faith? But at the other end of the age spectrum, we have the seniors. Now, nearly half of our church members are 60 years and above. I'm one of them, or that about us, about half. And some are living alone. Many need care. We also have caregivers who are feeling stressed, and needing care themselves. So how do we look after them? How do we help our members to start the race, stay on the race, and end the race well? So the, the list goes on. The needs are plentiful, but the laborers are few. And that's why as LCC Chair, I would like to invite all of you to come alongside me and my team as fellow co-laborers for God's purposes. Together as a church family, let's serve the Lord in church, in the family, in the workplace, and in society. Let me now go to my third 
and final discipleship lesson, and I'll close. Now, as mentioned earlier, I was hesitant about the LCC chair chairmanship. So my wife and I decided to go for a silent retreat at the Seven Fountains in Chiang Mai in August last year. Now, meeting my spiritual director, I was given four passages for meditation, the first of which was Jeremiah chapter 1. Now, I had read Jeremiah chapter 1 through our BRD reading just days before, on August 1st. So to be given the passage again, I decided to pay more attention. Now, two verses caught my attention in uh, Jeremiah chapter 1. One is verse 8. It says, Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue, declares the Lord. And verse 19 states, They will fight against you, but will not overcome you, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. That was the assurance I needed. God is with me. It leads me to my third and final discipleship lesson. And that is, God is with us. Okay? And the best of all is, God is with us. Now on his deathbed, John Wesley said this word, and the best of all is, God is with us. Now assurance of God's presence, that God is with us, came true for me, not just at the Seven Fountain Retreat, but as, also as I chaired the work groups for Ministry Fair last year, one year ago. Can we have the slide there? Yeah, Ministry Fair last year. Okay. And also Journey to the Cross in April this year. And also as I led, uh, this is Journey to the Cross, which we uh, organized it during Holy Week earlier this year. And also as I led the Chiang Mai Missions trip in June this year. This uh, pastor was with me, and there he is uh, serving uh, bakute, which we cook for the, for the children there. And on the right, we were singing the Thai song in Thai, and pastor was on the keyboard. Now, all these three events were successfully completed, but credit or glory clearly goes to God. I witnessed God's presence and his hands at work in and through me and the team. And God brought others, some I don't even know, to help me in fulfilling his purposes. Just do your best and let God do the rest. When God calls, he will provide. He will empower. And yes, the best of all is, God is with us. Can you say to your neighbor, God is with us. Just turn to your neighbor, right or left. God is with us. Yes, God is with us. Come, let's pray. Yes, Heavenly Father, the best of all is you are with us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for that assurance. Thank you for the plans you have for us as we emerge from the pandemic. Plans to give us hope and a future. So help us, Lord, to seek you with all our heart. Help us to discern your heartbeat for this church and this nation and to partner you in whatever new things you are doing in our midst. Indeed, Lord, the needs are plentiful, but the labors are few. We commit the ministry to you and may you raise out many more co-labors to do your work here at Wesley and beyond. Thank you for the gift you have given to each one of us, Lord. 
and may we use it for the common good and for your glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.